Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. Romans 3.28 says, For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Recently, one of the elders in our church emailed all members of the church leadership. The subject line read, A Serious Matter. I was immediately curious, hoping that no one was hurt, and also hoping that none of our members were in a crisis. As it turned out, a crisis did exist, but nothing unique to our local congregation. In the body of that email was a link to a newspaper article that claimed Pope Francis allegedly made the statement that hell does not exist. After researching some more and reading the Vatican's subsequent response, the validity of the Pope's suspected claim was questionable at best. All of that being said, the original email led to some meaningful conversations about the Pope and Roman Catholicism in general. Today, I will share some of the insights that were discussed. Specifically, in this short, I will answer the question, is Roman Catholicism Christian? The crucial thing to realize is that a schism has existed between mainline Protestant Christianity and Roman Catholicism for 500 years. This schism was created when the great reformer Martin Luther stood up to the Roman Catholic Church's unorthodox ideas and doctrines in the 16th century. The result was the Protestant Reformation, which altered the landscape of the Christian faith forever. Now, when it comes to talking about the doctrinal dangers of Roman Catholicism, there are many imposing threats, but today I will talk about the three problems that I think are the most hazardous. Problem number one is that Roman Catholicism upholds the belief that the Pope and Church Councils can make decrees that carry the same power as Scripture. In other words, that papal or council determinations are infallible, meaning they are incapable of making a mistake or being wrong. Both Catholics and Christians agree that the Pope is not impeccable, and it is that very fact that makes his statements on doctrinal matters prone to error. Every human being in the world is a fallen sinner, and fallen sinners can never make infallible statements. This problem is compounded when fallen sinners get together and form a church council. At a Catholic church council held in the 1960s called Vatican II, that council defined the Pope's infallibility by saying the Pope, quote, enjoys in virtue of his office when, as the supreme shepherd and teacher of all the faithful, who confirms his brethren in their faith, he proclaims by a definitive act some doctrine of faith or morals. Therefore, his definitions of themselves are not from the consent of the church, are justly held irreformable, for they are pronounced with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, an assistance promised to him in blessed Peter." End quote. Even the Bible doesn't go as far to say its authors were infallible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is inspired by God, not the prophet who spoke it or the writer who wrote it down. So, for example, Moses was not infallible when in the wilderness he told Aaron to pass the salt at dinner. What was infallible were the words that God revealed to him when he recorded Genesis through Deuteronomy. Suggesting that the Pope or church councils are infallible also suggests that what God revealed to us in the Bible is not good enough. 
When the Bible is the only source of infallible authority, then Christians ultimately rely on what God has revealed as His ultimate truth. God's Word therefore stands alone as a supreme authority. If the decrees of a pope or a church council are on par with God, the implication is that what God revealed to us is not sufficient and it needs patches or updates. The biblical truth is that Scripture alone is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Problem number two is the Roman Catholic belief that justification equals faith plus works. In other words, a person believes in Christ, then they are enabled to do good works, and once they have done enough good, then and only then will they enter paradise. In Catholicism, a person has to earn their justification by sanctification throughout life. The issue here is that if faith in Christ isn't good enough by itself, then neither Christ nor what he did are good enough. The Bible is clear that we are saved by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Salvation is God accomplished, not human achieved, and what the Spirit begins in a person is never perfected by the flesh. Yet, Roman Catholicism rejects these biblical truths, and in the 16th century, the Council of Trent made the following decree, quote, If anyone saith that by faith alone the impious is justified, in such wise as to mean that nothing else is required to cooperate in order to obtain the grace of justification, and that it is not in any way necessary that he be prepared and disposed by the movement of his own will, let him be anathema. End quote. In other words, this decree curses anyone who upholds the biblical truth that we are justified by faith. Romans 3.34 says, Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And Romans 3.28 says, For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. If God ever did count our works as the determination as to whether or not we are saved, God has to be just. Therefore, he would not just count all the good we did, he would also have to count all the bad. All of our good works are like filthy rags, so all of our bad works condemn us. No fallen sinner ever stands a chance in the presence of a holy God, so justification by faith plus works is always doomed to fail. Problem number three is Roman Catholicism's belief in baptismal regeneration. Basically, this belief is that when a priest baptizes a person, they get saved ex opere operato, or from the work worked. That is to say that the baptism is the means that actually saves a person by the forgiveness of sins. The biblical truth is baptism never regenerates a person because only the Holy Spirit does that. A person can never do what God is only capable of doing, and baptism without faith saves no one. Paul tells the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1, 14-17 that he did not come to baptize, but to preach the gospel of Christ. Titus 3, 5-6 says, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. 
The hidden danger of baptismal regeneration is false assurance, meaning if a person truly believes they are saved by baptism, they can therefore live a godless existence outside the will of God, yet act under the false assurance that they are saved when in fact they are not. There are many other problems with Roman Catholicism, which I will quickly mention here. It believes in indulgences or the idea that people can pay to reduce punishment for sins. Pope Francis has actually offered these already on numerous occasions. It upholds the idea of transubstantiation, that the bread and wine at communion are literally Christ's body and blood. Note that we are not cannibals, and Christ died once, finally and fully, for the elect on the cross. It upholds the idea of purgatory, which dilutes the fact that all sin is cosmic treason and that all unrepentant sinners will ultimately end up in hell. So is Roman Catholicism biblical Christianity? No. Roman Catholicism is a system of beliefs that is Orthodox Christianity and. It's the Bible and the decrees of popes and councils. It's faith and works. It's what Christ did in his life and what we do now. Unfortunately, because of all the ands, Roman Catholicism has departed so far away from what the Bible says, other than a few superficial similarities, it is antithetical to biblical truth. Truly, there is a distinction between Catholicism and Catholics, and I pray that many come to know God's truth exactly as he revealed it in his word. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.